Today, I will be doing a crossover with Seth of Locked on Wild as we discuss Kevin Fiala and some silly season discussion. There's a whole lot to talk about in today's episode, so buckle up. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And like I said in yesterday's episode in which I did my interview with draft-eligible player Chase Cowery, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out, please pause this episode and give it a listen. The draft is fast approaching, so things are starting to heat up. I know I've already done a couple episodes on Kevin Fiala. However, I decided to do a crossover with Seth of Lockdown Wild because he finally returned my calls. And I just said, I was like, look, I have a trade offer for you. I think it's something that you cannot refuse after talking with uh, Jake Wakely, after talking with Jersey Joe, after talking with so many other Devils personalities about a hypothetical trade scenario for players like Kevin Fiala. I was just like, maybe it's time to do a crossover and do more discussion on it. So without further ado, let's talk to Seth of Locked On Wild. Take it away, my friend. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Devils, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making both Locked On Wild and Locked On Devils your first listen each and every day of the week. And just as a reminder, both shows are free and they are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's crossover episode, we take a look at what Kevin Fiala could do for the New Jersey Devils. We look at some potential picks and players that could come back to Minnesota in a trade. And the ever-important question, will the Devils be able to work a Fiala extension into their future plans? My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, joined by the host of Locked on Devils, Trey Matthews. And Trey, I'm theming all of these as what can Kevin Fiala do for you? And so I think we'll just start right there. Obviously, a premier piece that a lot of teams are interested in trying to acquire and add to their mix. So how do you envision Kevin Fiala fitting in with where the Devils are at currently and where they're trying to get to? Well, one of my um, one of my listeners actually brought up the fact that Kevin Fiala was able to basically work with what he was given in the Minnesota Wild. So they said, like, uh, Kevin Fiala was working on the bottom six, if I'm correct, uh, if he was on the third line. Yeah, it's – he kind of – so that second and third line, they were kind of interchangeable. But at the beginning of the season, um, he, he was paired with the likes of Freddie Goudreau as a wing, Nick Bugstad, uh, Victor Rask as the center. There were some interchangeable parts to that uh, equation before Matt Boldy became the uh, the regular fixture on that line. But yeah, that line was was treated more as a third line to start the season. And so um, I think working with what he is given as line mates, I think is a perfect way to uh, to describe how things went. Yeah, so basically if we were to get Kevin Fiala, he would have a much bigger role with the Devils organization because basically here's what the Devils are trying to do this offseason. They're trying to make a splash signing trade, whatever the case might be. And I actually have done a couple episodes in regards to like 
how do you take advantage of some of these teams that are kind of in a salary cap situation? Talked about, obviously, the Minnesota Wild. Talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I talked about a few other teams are kind of in the red when it comes to salary finance. So I know you don't want to get rid of Kevin Fiala. You know, I've seen your, your Twitter uh, description basically saying that you're all for keeping Fiala. However, I think we all know the, the writings on the, on the wall, which is Kevin Fiala basically has one foot out the door. I saw the Instagram post. I saw that he changed his uh, his profile picture of him uh, from him wearing a Minnesota Wild uniform to now basically wearing like, you know, just shoulder pads or something like that. So but I, I think he knows that his time is pretty much up with the Minnesota Wild. And basically, if he were to be hypothetically dealt over to the New Jersey Devils, he would have a major role. He would play with uh, on the same line as uh, either Jack Hughes or Nico Keisher. Basically, Kevin Fiala would be that that piece that the New Jersey Devils need because one of the offseason needs I've been talking about for the Devils is that they need more for depth because outside of Jesper Bratt, outside of Jack Hughes, outside of Nico Keisher, the Devils weren't really getting that consistent offense. So, you know, I, I'm banking on that maybe either Dawson Mercer, Andreas Janssen, uh, Yegor Sharangovich. Uh, I'm, I'm banking on like one of those players to basically take their games to uh, another level and basically, you know, give us more point production. However, Tom Fitzgerald has said that the New Jersey Devils are going to be all in this offseason. They're going to explore all possible avenues to uh, obtain a big name player, similar to what we did with Dougie Hamilton last year. So I think the overall role that I see Kevin Fiala fitting in is that he's the the, the player that the New Jersey Devils are looking for in terms of, you know, just getting that production. We, we've been linked to um, – Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goodrow. We've been linked to a few other players. I know Michael of Locked On Leafs. He threw out a trade scenario for like, you know, uh, we would give, give up the second overall pick for um, William Nylander. Essentially, it's not the that's not the full deal, but he, you know, gave a blockbuster. That, that, that was basically the um, main focal point of the trade. So ultimately, if Kevin Fiala were to join the New Jersey Devils, he would have a much bigger role and we would just be hoping that he's able to continue from what he was able to do this past season with the Minnesota Wild um, to now. And I've done a couple episodes uh, covering him as well. And for, for some of the uh, the Devils fans listening to this wondering, you know, you've got a guy that was over a point per game for a full season of production. Like, why why are you deciding that he just doesn't fit into the long-term plans? And the counter to that is this this is the byproduct of when you have to buy out the types of contracts that uh, the Wild signed Zach Parise and Ryan Suter to. Not all of it was regarding on-ice production. With Zach Parise, you could make the case that he just he was not a productive player anymore. And so that ended up being the route that Bill Guerin went. But you know, with those guys, just things that were reported off the ice in the room – um, just not being great with those two. Obviously, it ended up being a move that had to happen. But this is the price a few years later that you pay for it. There were some salary savings in the near term with those buyouts, but now we're dealing with the ramifications of it, and all of the um, all of the decisions made by Bill Guerin have led to this point, and the Wild just do not have enough money unless they go crazy and make some big trades. They just do not have enough money to fit Kevin Fiala into the long-term plans. And so now the question becomes, what sort of return can we get for a guy who is 25, coming off of a season in which he scored 85 points, 
and obviously could be a very, very appealing piece for a lot of teams throughout both the Eastern. Hopefully we don't trade them to the Western Conference, but there will be teams that will be interested. It, it, you'd be have to be crazy to not be interested in that type of scoring throughout this league if you can find a way to pay him. So the Devils obviously have a lot of different pieces that they can work with uh, as well. They've got draft picks and some young players as well. And so we're going to look at some of those different pieces that could be offered in return in a prospective Fiala trade. And uh, we will do that when we come back here on today's crossover episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Devils. Don't worry, there's still more in store with Seth. But first, I want to bring you guys the first and only live video this morning. And it comes from our friends at Built Bar. So, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Bill have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a delicious, chewy, marshmallow-covered, and 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they are delicious. But listen up and listen to me good because they are only here for a limited time flavor. So you have to go to Built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars are covered with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, the amazing taste, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving you need to satisfy your sweet tooth or if you need a quick, healthy snack, and they make an excellent source of protein. So delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com and order your box of coconut brownie chunk bars right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, now back to our discussion with Seth of Locked on Wild about Kevin Fiala. Take it away. Continuing today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Devils. Once again, thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. Uh, make sure you're checking out the Locked on NHL podcast for your second listen to get the full lowdown on the Stanley Cup final to see if Tampa Bay has found a little spark to get them back into the series. Locked on NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Trey, let's talk picks and prospects. Now, obviously, with the Devils having the number two overall pick, probably a little too tall of an ask for Bill Guerin in a Kevin Fiala trade. But with some players attached, second rounder could certainly be in play. So just just take us through what's the rest of the uh, the draft capital looking like uh, for the Devils uh, for the 2022 NHL draft. So I will say this, if the Devils had like the fifth overall pick, I think they would have no problem trading away to get Kevin Fiala. But they lucked out and got the second overall pick. And like I've told you, that second overall pick will be definitely a tall order. So um, I think originally the Devils were like, you know, I, I don't know how true these rumors were or not, but I heard rumors saying that the New Jersey Devils would uh, look to trade the second overall pick for someone like Matthew Kachuk. But let's face it, that's not going to happen. But, you know, ultimately, that that's sort of like the asking price, if that makes sense. And basically, it's just like, but Tom Fitzgerald has said that he was open to trading the second overall pick for the right player. And 
I just don't think Kevin Fiala is that player you trade uh, for the second overall pick. Very good player, and I would love to have him on the roster, but he's just not worth the second overall pick. But now, now here's the thing, and I've talked to a few other uh, Devils news personalities about this matter as well. The Devils own their first-round draft pick um, in next year's draft, so we could definitely use that as a factor. So, you know, if you want a first-round draft pick for Kevin Fiala, we could talk about next year's uh, first round, uh, just not this year's. But if you wanted a draft pick this year, maybe we would aim, like you said, second round or a little later. Because uh, I, I, I think Devils fans, if, if it was like anywhere from like five to ten, if that second overall pick was like five to ten, I think um, they they would have no problem trading away for uh, the services of Kevin Fiala. But the fact of the matter is that now, you know, we have a chance to draft um, – uh, Logan Cooley or, you know, maybe uh, Simone Nesmish, or I think the favorite would have to be Uri Slavkoski. So ultimately it's just like uh, that second overall pick more likely going to remain with our organization, but I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald will like, you know, put out feelers, but um, you know, he, we do have the draft picks uh, this year. We do have that first round draft pick uh, next year. Cause like I mentioned before, we do own it. So uh, if, if, if you what what kind of pick are you looking for? Like, are you looking for a first round pick or are you looking for just a relatively early draft pick like the second round, like you just mentioned? So I want to ask you that. Yeah, that's a good question, because I think there are two different ways that it can be answered. Obviously, if you look at this year's NHL draft and next year's NHL draft, next year's draft is supposed to be a very, very good one. So. I, I I think I think you're spot on with the uh, the first round pick this year. I think two is just too high for a player like Fiala. But yeah, five through ten that probably would be more of a reasonable range to go. So first round pick next year is super appealing to uh, to try to stack a couple because it's also you know with Fiala being traded, it's going to be tough for the Wild to be as good next year as they were this year. Not saying it's impossible, but you got to find a way to replace 33 goals and 85 points in your offense. And that's not easy. So taking a couple of picks that could end up depending on how the devils do being in the teens. And so you get, you know, you get a couple of first round picks in somewhere between 10 and 15. That's super appealing for me beyond that. I would say, you know, if it's, if it's centered more around a pick, maybe a second this year, a third this year, something like that with a player attached, of those two, I'm way more interested in the first round pick next year. Okay. So if we included the first round draft pick, uh, I know this might be pushing it a little bit, but like I said, I've talked to other uh, Devils news personalities. Would it be okay if it was a top 10 protected pick? You know, if it would. So, like, you know, if the Devils don't have the best season next year, if, if, if we fall completely flat on our, on our face and we don't improve uh is it a little too greedy to say like hey we'll give you the first round draft pick but it's a protected first round draft pick you know but here's the thing i'm banking on the new jersey devils improving their roster throughout the course of this offseason so i'm banking on the fact that their season next year will be better than this uh past season and like you said um next year's draft class is supposed to be m way deeper because mm -hmm. i i hear rumors saying that outside of the top five draft picks uh in this year's nhl draft this is not really a good you know draft class so that which is why the new jersey devils are holding on to that second overall pick but ultimately like you know um 
if, if it was a top 10 protected first round draft pick, would you still uh, accept it? Like, w- would that be okay? Yeah, I, I think that would be, I think that definitely would be, you know, another way to look at it too is you are banking on the Devils being a playoff team. Next well, season. well, well, not playoff team, but just like that, that <laughs> fringe. To, I, but before anyone comes at me, like I, my ceiling for that's them, fair. wild card. That that that's my expectations. Wild card yeah. team, uh, and or just you know maybe that fringe dark horse team that you know maybe you don't you don't fear necessarily, but you respect. Kind of yeah, because I, I don't know if the I don't know if the language goes to lottery protected. Or something like that, or top ten. I'm I'm fine with that because um, that's a stipulation you see quite a bit. And obviously, if if the Devils don't end up having um, the season you're hoping for, you want to be able to. You don't want to get burned and like end up getting the number one overall pick, and then oh, we have to uh, we have to give it to Minnesota. Yeah. So so my expectations for New Jersey Devils, uh, if they're healthy this year, I think the COVID restrictions have definitely, uh, you know, become way looser. I would say, you know, top 10 protected uh, first round draft pick for you guys as a starting point. Because I talked to uh, another Devils podcaster about like, you know, how would you go about it? And, and he said, like, I think a lot of people would be willing to trade away the first round draft pick next year as long as it's protected. So, you know, my thing is like, you know, I'm I'm not a sidekick. I can't tell into the future or anything, but I expect, you know, anywhere from decent to big things for New Jersey Devils, especially if they're able to get that top player they're looking for, if they're able to fix their goaltending issues. So ultimately, you know, that's my overall mentality for New Jersey Devils. So you know, you would still get a first-round draft pick, but maybe it won't be relatively high, but still a first-round draft pick, which is one of the reasons why I was uh, considering that Nylander trade that Locked On Leafs offered me because um, they they also said, we'll give you our 25th overall pick in this year's uh, draft. I said, while that's towards the end of the, the draft, it's still a first-round draft pick. It's still mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've looked at this potential trade a couple of different ways is obviously it's either pick centric or you're getting some younger players, obviously the wild roster and their salary cap situation, the roster is pretty much filled out for next season. So if it ends up being a young player that goes to Iowa for a season or two, and then is ready to help that's appealing as well. So for the devils, any intriguing players that are maybe, you know, on that, uh, you know, rookie or one or two years in or anybody that has not quite hit the NHL level yet that would be uh, potentially appealing for Bill Guerin. Okay, so basically I'm down to trade any prospect that is not named Luke Hughes or Alexander Holtz. But I think Alexander – but my thing is, like, if you want Alexander Holtz uh, because he was outplayed by Fabian Zetterlin, personally, I don't think it was that big a deal. I just think it was a matter of circumstance. If you do want Alexander Holtz, I'm not giving you a first-round draft pick next year because yep. I, I'm expecting big things from Alexander Holtz. So I, I, I've said this many times. Like, you know, the thing with prospects is just like, you know, pick which one you want. But my thing is, like, I'm not going to trade away Luke Hughes and I'm not going to trade away Alexander Holtz most likely. And I think uh, Pavel Zaka would be included in, in in the deal as well. Zaka would just be a throw-in. We're just trying to get rid of him. Like, it, it – He's a restricted free agent. If the New Jersey Devils do tender his contract, it's just because, 
he, he's involved in some sort of deal kind of thing. So uh, I would say, I would say like in terms of prospects, just pick wh- whichever one you want. So uh, I, I would have to look at someone like Fabian Zetterlin. Uh, you know, he's a big guy on the Ford. Uh, Riley Walsh led uh, the the Utica Comets uh, defensive unit in assists. And then, you know, you got A.J. Greer. He was an MVP. Uh, I, I talked to a Comets writer, uh, Chase DeLeo. He, he was able to have a big year last year uh, while playing for Utica. So ultimately, it's my my thing is like, just pick whichever prospect you want. I'm willing to part ways with any of them. But uh, the, the, the couple prospects that are just on my, like, absolutely no touch, uh, uh, you know, no touch list in terms of just not involving in a trade deal uh, would have to be Luke Hughes, most likely Alexander Holtz, and also Dawson Mercer. Yep, that was, uh, that was the name I was going to ask you about because I have seen, uh, I've seen some people in wild Twitter that have uh, potentially been asking about uh, Mercer services. But, you know, I, I look at it like this. With the way that this team is currently constructed – it may be a situation that Bill Guerin is just looking for a draft pick to allow Judd Brackett an opportunity to draft somebody into this system, let him marinate a little bit, and uh, then help this team out once the, uh, once the buyouts are done because Brackett's responsible for some extremely good picks uh, for this team. Obviously, uh, the Marco Rossi pick, Jesper Wallstad, uh, look like some pretty solid additions to this wild team so I I think it's either going to be that they go for a a prospect who's maybe not quite ready for the NHL level but is close or a first round pick it's not going to be both it's either going to it's going to be a a first round pick and maybe a low level prospect or high level prospect and maybe a draft pick it's it's not going to be a first and a more prominent name I don't think yeah, so, but like I said, it's basically being in a candy store, essentially. Like, yep. yeah, we could do so much because the Devils have the cap space, we have the prospects, we have the draft picks, which makes, which is why, you know, I'm not just, you know, talking just to talk. I, I'm, I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm willing to, like, you know, put a deal together for any of these uh, financial situations that some of these teams might be in. And I'm just like, okay, you know, if you – do this if you do that then we could definitely get a a a work done but my overall thing for Kevin Fiala is like you know he was able to have a good contract year but my question for you is like is he the real deal because my thing is like the past couple seasons he's put up solid production nothing impressive nothing to write home about but he was able to show out in his contract year and it's the same issue that I have with uh Jesper Bratt who is you know still a restricted free agent and still hasn't signed his extension with the New Jersey Devils. Like, you know, he had a really good year this past year, but the previous seasons, it's just like, you know, solid, nothing spectacular. But, um, you know, my overall thing for is Kevin Fiala the real deal? Is he the big name piece that the New Jersey Devils are looking for? If that makes sense, like you said, point per game player, able to tally 85 points in 82 games. But my thing is like, you know, and I know I sound like a broken record is like, you know, is he set to, to be like this for years to come or were there like other expectations for him? Because I'm not sure what you thought about him going into the season. Like, did you have those expectations? Did you, did he meet your expectations? Did he exceed them? Like, what was your mentality for Kevin Fiala? Tell you what, let's, uh, let's dive into that here in just a second, because, you know, I, I have looked at some of the possibilities for Fiala's production as a whole, 
Some of that, I think, is the Matt Boldy effect, is having just that elite-level winger on the line with him. So uh, we will finish today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Devils, talking about a little bit of Kevin Fiala and what to expect uh, after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Devils, Seth Topol and Trey Matthews talking about a potential Kevin Fiala trade. And Trey, we're going to talk about what to expect from Kevin Fiala because you brought up an interesting question in just, you know, is this just a is this a contract year for Fiala? Because he you look at the last couple of seasons and the 54 game season, um, he ended up, I think that was a couple years ago. He had 20 goals, 20 assists. So 40 points in 50. I think he played 51 games that year. He so he's been he's been between a 20 and 30 goal scorer when he depending on how long the season is this year, obviously found a dream line pairing in Matt Boldy was able to just was just fully ready to be kind of that complimentary player to what uh, Fiala looks to do, but some appealing things for Fiala in his career. He plays pretty much every day. The only thing that has kept Fiala out of the lineup over the last couple of seasons was he got a, it was a three game suspension uh, against the Los Angeles Kings, like right away uh, to start the season. Um, actually, I think that was last year. So ended up getting a three or four game suspension played every other game this year played 82 games. And if you go back um, has, has been, you know, right around 80, to 82 games every season that he has played a full season. So no injury issues. He, this year, obviously didn't have the greatest of, of line mates to start the season. Freddie Goudreau was playing wing, not center. And Victor Rask as your center and or Nick Bugstad, it's not great. So it took him a little while to get his scoring going. When he is on, he is an elite level when he is on a, a, a Fiala heater, he is an elite level scorer. He finished the season with 25 goals in his last, I believe it was 40 games. So just insane production when he is really feeling it. So some of that could have been the message from Bill Guerin to prove it this year, which he did. Some of that could have been just trying to meet that challenge. Some of it could have been, Matt Boldy, but the other factor to take into consideration here, 25 years old, so just entering his prime. And so he could, he very well just took another leap in his progression. A guy who's played in the NHL since he was 18. So are you going to get 85 points if you acquire Fiala? Depending on who his line mates are, you could get something very similar to that. You could get more. His production with Matt Boldy on the 47 games that they played together was a 44-goal, 108-point player in that pairing. So you get him a line mate that's similar, you could end up getting somebody that exceeds those numbers. It's all going to come down to the price of the extension. He, he wants to get paid, and he deserves to get paid. 
He does. I mean, you know, no ands or buts about it. He did have a good contract year. Can't I can't uh, fault him for that. Um, you know, I I just know like I just know like you know it's not going to come cheap. I know the Wild can't afford him, and I know that the New Jersey Devils. We have about $25 million in cap space. We're definitely going to have to use uh, a decent chunk of that money to re-sign Jesper Bratt to his extension because at the time of recording, an extension still has not been announced. I'm confident it will get done, but uh, still ha- still nothing right now. It seems like uh, they're, 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 at a, they're, they're at a stall for right now. But for Kevin Fiala, it's just like, you know, um, because if, if we were to trade for his services, it's just like, we're putting our trust into him that he's definitely going to try, try to continue uh, the season that he, that he had um, uh, this past year. So my thing is just like, um, what are my realistic expectations for Kevin Fiala? Like I said, he could be paired alongside with Nico Heischer on the second line or Jack Hughes on the first line. I'm confident that someone like Jack Hughes could definitely get the same type of production out of Kevin Fiala because you literally told him what his, who his line mates were. And I think, uh, Jack Hughes is definitely very underrated in terms of being a very good facilitator in the league and just making teammates around him better. But ultimately, it's just like um, I, I think it comes down to this. Like I want Kevin Fiala, but what am I willing to give up? And like yeah. I told you, I'm willing to give up a first round draft pick, not this year, next year, as long as it's protected. And I'll give you a prospect as long as it's not named Luke Hughes or Dawson Mercer or most likely Alexander Holtz. But that could be negotiable. Um, and I would just throw in Pavel Zaka. Quite, you know, I know you probably don't want Pavel Zaka, but <laughs> we're just trying to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been patient with him. I was big on him last year, but um, he's kind of uh, disappointed me. Well, and that that one's going to come entirely down to money because we we definitely do not have a lot, and so if that's something that can be worked out. Uh, to to throw in as just one of those change of scenery pace, uh, pieces to this deal, that that certainly is something that Bill Guerin would look at. Um, ultimately, I think from what you have said, I would lean more towards Kevin Fiala continuing the production hike if with he could, if better not, line mates. If, if if he could give me anywhere from seventy or what, I'll be a little nicer. If he could give me anywhere from sixty five to let's say 80 points anywhere in that range. I think I'd be okay with it. I think he can with a full season of some of those guys that you mentioned as his predominant line mates. Um, I think he could definitely give you that. Yeah. So uh, because last year, Jesper Bratt led our team in, uh, in points in, in the 70 range. Uh, he had 26 uh, goals along with Jack Hughes, which was tied for a team. So if Kevin Fiala were to have the same type of season that he had with the Minnesota Wild, so Kevin Fiala would be leading our team in goals, assists, and points. Like no ands, this or buts about it. So I know, I know that um, I, I probably don't have the right to like nitpick his game or anything, but I'm just saying, like, if a first round draft pick is involved, if a prospect is involved, then you know I just gotta just gotta be careful because I know the Devils are just trying to take their organization to the next level. But how we go about it is definitely going to um, is definitely going to be a factor because if Tom Fitzgerald drops the puck on this one, then he he might he he might uh, might as well get a cardboard box and just you know pack the stuff in his office because 
you know, it, we, we, I know the New Jersey Devils were tired of just, you know, missing the playoffs. Like this, I think this is our fourth consecutive year of missing the playoffs. We've only uh, been to the playoffs like once in the past, like 11 or so years. Last time we were competitive was back in 2012 when we went to the Stanley Cup finals. So ultimately it's just like the Devils are just itching to get back to the playoffs, even if it's a wild card position. And even if we get knocked out of the first, of the first round, excuse me, then, um, that's still something, but like, how do we do this? We need decent goaltending. We need someone who could give us uh, some stability in net alongside with Mackenzie Blackwood, or we need some uh, solid defensemen. I think we've already worked on that with Dougie Hamilton. I'm banking on that. Dougie Hamilton will improve next year because he did have facial surgery. Um, Ryan Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler, all those guys, they have silent impacts. I'm hoping the New Jersey Devils give PK Subban another shot just to, uh, join the organization once again. And then in terms of fours, we just need more offensive production outside of our baby big three in Brat, Heischer, and Hughes. And I think Kevin Fiala would definitely be a good gift for New Jersey Devils and done a couple silly season discussions. And I just said, not worth the second overall pick, but definitely someone I would uh, try to pursue after. Yeah, I, I think he could be a really good fit. The question, as we both have discussed, is just going to come down to the price and what does the extension because the team that acquires him is going to want him to sign an extension to stick around. Otherwise, there's no point in giving up prospects for that. So what does it take to get him? How much does it cost to sign him to a long-term deal? If the Devils can answer those questions, well, we may have ourselves a deal. And uh, we'll be seeing Kevin Fiala rocking that uh, Devils uni next season. So going to be fun to see how this plays out. And uh, as we get closer to the draft, things will pick up. So we'll wait and see. But uh, I think that's going to wrap up this crossover episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Devils. So now that your first listen of the day is done, again, make sure you're checking out the Locked on NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on the Stanley Cup final. The Locked on NHL podcast is free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, just like these two shows. Free and available wherever you listen. So make sure to check us out and stay up to date with your favorite NHL teams as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network. New episodes coming out every Monday through Friday.